Trigger warning, the Resilience Project provides an open space for people to share their personal experiences. Some content in this podcast may include topics that you may find difficult. The listener's discretion is advised. Hello, friends. Welcome to Radical Resilience, a weekly show where I, Blair Kaplan Venables, have inspirational conversations with people who have survived life's most challenging times. We all have the ability to be resilient and bounce forward from a difficult experience. And these conversations prove just that. Get ready to dive into these life-changing moments while strengthening your resilience muscle and getting raw and real. Welcome back to another episode of Radical Resilience. It's me, Blair Kaplan Venables, and I'm here with my new friend, Brooke. Her name is Brooke Bergman Parr. I actually physically met her this past fall in Ontario, and I live in British Columbia, Canada, and I believe you live in California, right? I do, Southern yeah. California. So we, we both live West Coast, and we met at some summer camp in the woods in Ontario, very funny that we're, you know, and she's just super rad. I'm so excited that she's here. So Brooke Bergman Parr, she is a couples therapist and coach. Um, she studies and teaches the psychology of business, I think. <laughs> and sure, she's recovering. Yes. Yeah, she's a recovering people pleaser and rest teacher. And we all need someone to guide us on the rest journey because I know like I have, I am a recovering hustler I have hustleitis so like teach me the rest and she's a light fairy and a feminine energy dancer and that was actually like I met her um in Ontario but like my first like time like really spending time with her was she put on a little performance a really beautiful sexy performance and so like yes she is a feminine energy dancer and she's fucking amazing and we are here today to talk about how she went through a divorce with an 18 month old daughter and she had no job. So welcome <laughs> to the microphone, Brooke. <laughs> Yay. Hello. I'm here to tell the story of uh, how I survived that situation and not only survived it, I'm here to tell the story. You sur- you survive. I call it revival. Oh, I like it. I like yeah. that revival. It's like you're thriving and surviving, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, I love it too. I'm so honored that we're doing this and we're connecting. And, you know, we keep like randomly, like on social media, like synchronicities, like, oh my God, you're down the highway for me. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> I was just down the maybe highway from you. And so one day we'll be in the same place at the same time again. And I look forward to that day. But, mm, you know, why don't too. we dive, dive into your story? Tell us about your journey. Sure. Well, um, so yeah, I, I say I went through divorce with an 18 month old and no job because at the time of my divorce, um, I was a stay at home mom, um, with an 18 month old. And that was actually part of my plan and my exes at the time, or he was my husband at the time. He's now my ex. Um, he was an attorney. And so it was kind of like that picture perfect, like situation. So I thought, um, we had problems in our marriage for sure. We were pretty disconnected and we got married when we were super young. I was only 19 and he was 21. We came from a religious, a very fundamentalist religious background that encourages that sort of behavior. So I didn't really know myself 
all the things. But um, there was a part of me that was wise and said, wait to get your, um, wait to have your baby until you finish with your license. So I, I had finished with my licensing for my marriage and family degree, and then I got pregnant. But I, my whole plan was, I'm going to take a few years off. Actually, not few. I was like, fully going to be like the five year stay at home mom thing. But during my pregnancy, which this is always when it happens. And I read the books and I heard all about it. Um, that that's typically when abuse begins, if it's going to begin. Now, my ex had been I'm just going to say it. He was pretty much an asshole and annoying and all these sorts of things. Um, But I don't know. I just kind of, I was taught to be a good Christian wife. And so I just stayed and I didn't really think that anything else was out there better. So anyway, um, so he got worse and then, but then now I'm pregnant. So now I'm stuck. (laughs) Well, shit. Okay. Uh, This was not the plan. Um, and so then after she was born, after my daughter was born, um, it was kind of okay for a little bit. And then he's kind of just picked up and started getting worse again. Um, and it was really the verbal and emotional abuse. Um, he never progressed to the physical abuse. Um, but that was right around the corner and I could kind of see it coming and so I, I said, you, you need to go um, because this is not safe for me or our daughter. And also not you, actually, as it turns out, yeah, this is not safe for you. Um, but I, like I said, because I was a stay-at-home mom, I did not have a job nor any plans. I, like that was just not, <laughs> that was not in the plan. Um And so I really, really went out on a limb and I secretly opened up my own bank account (laughs) because he was pretty controlling at the time. And I just kind of started squirreling away money and I did lots of sneaky things to like get myself safe. Sounds like you mean like think like the sneaky, but like for survival. Yeah. It was for survival because if I would have told him what I was doing, um, then I would have, I would have been in danger for sure. Wow. And so from what, what, thank you for sharing. I just, (laughs) my heart goes out to you for so many different reasons. Mm. Um, so when you, when you left him or mm-hmm. when you guys, I don't know what, when you guys went through the separation, you yeah. had money that you were squirreling away, like walk us through that. Like, where did you go? What did you do? Well, I, I stayed in the home that we were in. So I had kind of, um, so he was a criminal defense attorney and he would get cash retainers. So I would like hoard it. Do, yeah. Do some hoarding. Um, And also I had started taking a few clients, like I'm talking one client a week. And I kind of just couched it to him as like, oh, I'm just, I want something to do. I'm bored Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Um, And then 
And then, I mean, I just kind of went for it. And I, at one point, um, after we separated, um, he, cause he had, because he was making good money, he was legally obligated to help me. Um, but of course, as any divorced person knows, those legal obligations usually go out the window. <laughs> so I actually opened up a credit card and just used that for like basics. Um, and it turns out you can kind of float yourself on a credit card for a while. I had good credit, thankfully, which I know is not everybody's case. Um, but I just kind of hobbled together different sources and different things. Um, and then eventually, you know, got a job and started working. But wow, at the time, it was really scary because if, if anybody of you have tried to, um, have daycare, you know, that it's also really expensive and it was really kind of like, it almost it canceled itself out. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such a, like, my mom was a single mom. My dad mm. developed a very bad addiction and I was mm. seven and Alana with my sister was three. So okay. I, and I, so I had to quickly grow up and help with my sister. And I immediately became like wow. sort of an adult because um, mm -hmm. my mom was the adult. My dad was like, not a, he shouldn't have never had children <laughs> um, anyways, but sure. great man, not a great parent, but also he was really sick. But um, first of all, on the single mom front, like mm -hmm. I, I know as a daughter, how hard that could be. So like, yeah, first of all, like kudos to you doing mm -hmm. that. Um, I fled an abusive relationship. Um, mm. He was very, he was verbally abusive. He was an alcoholic and I would mm. wake up to him in the middle of the night, standing over me, calling me terrible names. And the oh. day he put his hands on me is the day I left him. And I was homeless yeah. for three weeks. Um, like, wow. I, I mean, like I, I got an apartment, but I, there was three weeks till I took possession. Yeah. So I yeah. just couch surfed. Yeah. And like, I was just like, I did what I had to do. The landlord even offered for me to sleep on the floor of like a different apartment, wow. but I was like, no, I didn't want to start my relationship in the building like that. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, I think like the leaving an abusive partner is really fucking hard. It's I can't so even, hard. I can't even imagine adding a kid into that. Like for me, I tried to leave this person a few mm -hmm. different times and, you know, it, it's a cycle. And yeah, you, I, I, I wasn't putting money away. I had a business, but I was so depressed that I couldn't make money. And mm. I think with the rock bottom, like I, I figured it out, like I didn't have good credit, but I, mm. I basically convinced businesses that were looking yes. at maybe hiring me to hire me and give me a deposit. And that's what I went yeah. to the apartment with. And it's kind of like you go, you get kicked into survival mode, right? And you like, you're, you do. you just do what you need to do to survive. And it's yeah. like, you find the strength within that you didn't know you had, right? Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny at the time that I was going through it, I remember calling a friend of mine who had also left an abusive relationship. And I said to her, Vicki, I am, whew, this is really, really rough. And she goes, I know, honey, it's so scary. And she goes, but I just want you to know that you're planting the seeds of a really beautiful garden right now. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, you can't see it in a hurricane, right? <laughs> I couldn't, but you know, it's so interesting because I look back on that time and I look at the strength I had to develop during that time 
And it still carries me through to this day. And it is such a like, gosh, if I can do that, and if I can get through that, then I, it does, it makes you feel so strong and powerful. And yeah. And I want to talk about something else because you're a couples Mm. therapist. Okay. And a couples coach. Yeah. And you were doing, you you were becoming a therapist or you were a therapist while going through all this, like what a duality. Like, I mean, (laughs) I don't know, like do hairdressers cut their own hair? I don't think so. Like can therapists (laughs) therapy themselves? I don't know. Like, I mean, you know, the tools, but like, you know what, like walk us through that duality because it's like, what would you, like, if you were not you, yeah, you know, you know what you would say. So I had been in therapy, obviously before my divorce, just for myself. Um, and I just remember the day it all clicked is because none of the things I was telling other couples to do worked in my situation. And so that's actually a distinction that I help people make and kind of come to when they're in a relationship or with another person is like, if you're in an abusive situation, the tools actually just don't work. (laughs) They're, they just do not work. If in you're in a, and I'm not going to say a healthy relationship because it's all along a continuum, but I do think that there is a big difference of like, like I can tell now, like with my husband now, if I come to him after going to my own therapy and I approach him with better tools, things go better. Yes. (laughs) Right. But like, it's like, like, but but I think like the difference between like what you're saying is like, I think when there's an abusive relationship, the only tool you need is like a one-way ticket out of there. Yes. Yes. And I, and a lot of times people don't realize they're in abusive relationships until some light bulb or something clicks. We should talk about that because mm. I have you here and not everyone can afford a therapist. So sure. I'm gonna, I think if you're open to it, like, let's just yeah. do a sidebar and like some sure. of the things that you see people realizing where they don't know they're in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So I would say one of the hallmarks of an abusive relationship is that one, well, you feel really scared and anxious all the time. <laughs> Um, I remember driving home and just feeling like a pit in my stomach every day. Yeah. Um, and there's just like a constant sense of anxiety and unease. And you can never really pinpoint where it's coming from. And that's because it's in your home, which should be your safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I think that's one thing to look out for. I think another thing is that emotional abuse precursors all the other type of abuse. And emotional abuse is really the cutting down of you as a person. So like for myself, one of the things that my ex used to say that now in retrospect, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I believed him. But he would be like, you'll never find anybody better than me. Like, I'm so hot. I'm so amazing. I'm so, I know, right? Isn't that so gross? And like, I didn't actually, I wasn't like 
And when he would say that, I would just, I had such low self-esteem for myself mm-hmm. that it was just like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, but also yeah. like, you're so beaten down, right. In those situations, right. like you believe it. I don't know what's it called. St- is it Stockholm syndrome? Yeah. It's Stockholm syndrome. You're kind of held hostage, Yeah, you know? And it's a cycle. Um, it's hard to get out. It is. It's a cycle. And so I would also say that one of the hallmarks of abusive relationships are like, you feel like you have zero choice. Like you're not choosing consciously to be there because you believe this is a good thing and that we're doing things in the world and we have shared goals, common interests. Like it just feels like you're stuck like totally and completely stuck. Um, But I'm going to, I want to kind of list some of the other things that are just super um, like basic in terms of like, what are abuse? Okay. So emotional and verbal abuse, any kind of name calling. So yeah, like you said, your ex would just yell at you and call you awful names, any kind of name calling. Um, any kind of belittling, like belittling your accomplishments, belittling, um, and by belittling, I mean like, being like, oh, that's so cute that you did that thing, you know, and that's, that's called belittling, right? And it's just making another person feel less than. And so there's always this power dynamic. So it's always like, I'm trying to make myself feel bigger than you. So name calling, belittling, also beginning to isolate. So I didn't realize how isolated I was um, from both family and friends. It turns out I'm pretty good at making friends and relationships and my community just blossomed after my divorce. I was like, oh, people like me. (laughs) So isolation, also um, control of both finances and what you wear, um, who you spend time with. Again, that's part of the isolation. Um, And then if we move on to the physical abuse, any kind of, any kind of physical contact, including pushing or um, throwing things or attempting to intimidate by like destroying your property, that sort of a thing. So, wow. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this and it's resonating, you know, Brooke's information is going to be in the show notes and Mm -hmm. in your community, I'm sure there are people, you know, professionals who can help you. Um, Well, there are hotlines um, and there are websites. And so um, we'll be sure to include that. Um, Yeah. You'll, you'll send them to me and I'll make sure they're in the show Yeah. And I think this is such an important conversation because what you were saying is some of the things that we don't know are abuse, like the belittling, yeah. the name calling, like once in a while, if something slips out, I think, is that okay? Once in a while, like if you never call names and then like, yeah. you're like, oh, I mean, you're such I an idiot. Say, <laughs> uh, I think there's a big difference between like, um, playful yeah. name calling and like malicious full of hatred patterns. Yeah. And that is where the abusive system really takes root is in the patterning. 
of the dynamic. And that's why then people find it so hard to get out. Do you know, like, um, off by, I mean, I, we didn't prepare like stats or anything, but do you know any sort of statistics? Like I know I tried to leave my ex, like, I think Mm. on the third time I tried to leave him, I permanently left him. Like, are there stats that you know about? Yeah. I mean, people say I'm an average of seven times, which I actually did attempt to leave my really, I, I wouldn't have called it trying to leave the relationship, but I, I said to him, I'm going to move. And actually that's how I ended up in Southern California is because I said, I'm moving. Yeah. And then he was like, Oh, well I'm moving too. Did he move with you? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that it, but I didn't have, I'm just going to say the courage to say, I want to leave you and I'm moving and I don't want you to come with me. Yeah. Um, because I just wasn't that courageous yet. And I also yeah. didn't believe in my own experience enough yet. But I want to go back to that duality piece because I think we kind of got on a sidetrack. Oh yeah, okay. So the duality piece, um, I do remember um, feeling a pretty significant amount of shame around being a marriage and family therapist and then leaving an abusive relationship and being like, how do these two truths coexist? Um, and thankfully I've had a lot of good therapy who therapists who've helped me just work through that shame and just say, I'm a human too. And, um, part of what makes me a good therapist can also make me susceptible to bad behavior mm-hmm. because I'm really kind and open-hearted. And I was also super young when I got into this relationship. And so I became, I also believe though in the growth instinct and I became a therapist during the course of that relationship. And it was like the onion revealed itself. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that I, that part of me becoming a therapist was my own way of trying to heal. I just didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it gave me the courage. It gave me the confidence and it gave me, um, it ultimately provided a way out. I think that's so beautiful that you look at it that way. And it's one of those things like we don't know what we don't know. And like you said, you yeah. got married really young, like 19. Oh, young. oh my gosh. I, mean, I still like, there's this picture of me at my bridal shower. I found it the other, like a couple months ago. And it's a picture of me at my bridal shower for my, for my first wedding. And I literally had braces on. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Oh my God. I just think like when I was 19, I was like working in the bars and like young, drunk and like having fun and traveling the world. Like I couldn't even imagine like birthing a human. I mean, I still haven't birthed a human, but like, you know, (laughs) and a little older than 19, but you know, so you moved to California, like let's maybe fast forward to what life Mm -hmm. is like now. So how old is your daughter? So she is, um, nine years old. So I didn't, I actually waited a long time to get pregnant. Um, so I didn't have her till right before I got divorced. 
Um, and I always say that she actually, she sort of ushered me into the realm of the feminine because I was becoming a mother and she helped me wake up to what the fuck was actually happening. Yeah. Because I was like, oh my God. Okay. Like wake up here. (laughs) This is real. Another little small person is very dependent on you. Um, and so I do credit her arrival with me finding the courage to really do what I needed to do. Um, but life now, um, I have, my daughter is nine and then I married a man who also has a daughter. And so I have a beautiful bonus daughter who is oh, 11. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I know. <laughs> and um, we have a dog and we are by no means perfect. Um, but we are connected and growing, which I think is a big difference. Um, cause in bad relationships, things are just getting worse and worse. And in healthy relationships, there's the potential for change and growth yeah. and new energy to enter the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to ski I don't know. My husband's an artist, so he paints. I love it. Like, it just sounds like a, a harmonious, like a, a peaceful, like and it fun, is, like yeah. different, right? It's so different and so fun. I mean, I would say that what's challenging for my husband and I is that we still have to deal with our, the parents of the other parents. Um, mm. And that can present a challenge. Um, but he and I have worked really hard to develop a deep trust in each other that like, I've got your back. I've got your back, even though this other person may be challenging or difficult, like we're a team, you know? How nice is that? And so it sounds really beautiful. Like you're in a partnership. Yeah. It sounds like you feel very safe. I do. Yeah. I mean, you deserve it, right? Survival Mm -hmm. from survival to thriving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, I feel like I can talk to you forever. I, Uh, um, before, before I like, I have a couple final questions, but what's a light, I want, what's a light fairy? Tell us what. Oh, um, so that's a great question, but this image came to me during one of my, a, a deep healing session that I did. And <clears throat> it's just this feeling of being connected to the light. And when I say light, I mean the light in kind of a broad metaphorical sense. And it's that clear, safe, energy that just makes you feel warm and good and I really try to bring that lightness wherever I go and with whomever I'm interacting with and like it's legit (laughs) she sparkles and twinkles like she's a ball of energy and light and you know good vibes like it's like you have this like 
or of good vibes. So I, I love that, you know, Brooke, you're awesome. And if people are falling in love with you, like I have, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you? Where can they like, where can they stalk you? (laughs) So the best place to stalk me is probably Instagram. Um, it's, it's pretty easy. It's just Brooke and then double underscore Bergman. That's the best place to follow me. And then I've got links to like my website and also Zen Founder. I do a podcast on there pretty regularly, zenfounder.com. I partner with Sherry Walling, who's I know a friend of ours too. She was on a guest. She was actually on our podcast too. Oh, amazing. She's like one of our first few episodes. Yeah. Of course she was. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I love that. Like you guys work together on that on Zen founder and okay. So Mm. let's wrap this up with some advice. Like we talked about Mm. signs and you know, what an abusive relationship Mm. is in your journey. What advice do you have for that woman listening Mm. to this episode who has that child or even Mm. young baby realizing just now, shit, I'm actually in an abusive relationship to get out. What is your advice? The first thing that comes to my mind and my heart is trust yourself. Trust what you're experiencing is true. And then believe that you will make it work, Mm -hmm. that you will find a way out and that there is a wild wolf mama woman in there that sniffs her way out. Wolf mama. Mm-hmm. And that I think in those situations, you really kind of have to find that. Um, there's kind of a wildness that you have to find, a fierceness that you have to find. It's like a primal, like it's kind of mm-hmm. like a primal instinct it's right? very it's primal and in order to get in touch with that primal energy you have to first believe your body and your body is telling you the truth mm-hmm. wow such great advice mm-hmm. um that's so beautiful brooke thank you so much for joining us on this episode oh it's my pleasure so good and thank you to everyone who tuned in for another episode of radical resilience for welcoming me and brooke brooke and me into your ears your living room your car your jog whatever you're doing your bath (laughs) do you listen in the bath i don't know i listen to music in the bath not podcasts but you know life is fucking hard and you know, we all have a story. That's why we exist. We create a safe space for you to share your stories of resilience, for you to listen to other people's stories or read other people's stories so we can navigate our hard stuff together. Our first Mm -hmm. book, The Global Resilience Project, that's how it all started. You know, we became an international bestseller. If you're listening and you want to share your story and be published in our second book, applications are now open, theglobalresilienceproject.com. You can go there. You can read about what you get in the book to be a part of it. It's really awesome. We're going to be on Amazon Prime um, on a new TV show. And 
I want you to feel comfortable to share your story and to get your message out there. And I've created this space for you. So if you want to be a part of the second book or you want to explore that and get on a call with me, go to the globalresilienceproject.com. And you know what? You don't have to go through the hard stuff alone. We are here with you. We can walk alongside you. It is okay to not be okay. Let us be the lighthouse in your storm. And just remember, you are resilient. That's a wrap for another episode of Radical Resilience. Do you feel inspired by this episode? You can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast player and connect with us to join the conversation at IamResilient.info. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. And you, my friend, are resilient. Radical Resilience is a podcast created by The Resilience Project.